Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. How do you do? Chugging right along. Season four. Episode. I put season four, season four. Season four, episode four. <laughs> <laughs> season four. The season's so, tw- so nice they named it twice. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I, we didn't comment on the last episode's uh, title, but this one, Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire. Uh, <laughs> 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 It makes sense. <laughs> um, before we get started, we are, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. Be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythoughpodcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community. <laughs> Let me stand next to your fire. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some a lot of fire in this episode <laughs> in more ways than one. Fireworks, fire powers, and demon fire or devil fire i don't know hellfire yes hellfire, hellfire. uh also <laughs> also I, I don't know i'm a little annoyed with them for making me roll my eyes jimmy <laughs> hendrix thing <laughs> i know i know <laughs> come on guys i know nobody uh, needed the dad the dad joke ask <laughs> you know who wrote, matt owens i don't know who this guy is who na- i don't know who names the episode if it's the writer or if it's like a collective decision with jed and mo or yeah, if, if like they vote on it in the writers' room, yeah, they have who's like who's to say? Yeah, I don't know who's to say um, who's to, who's to blame for some of these. <laughs> I know. There's been some bad ones. This isn't nearly as bad as tracks. <laughs> you know, it is not the inexplicable acronym. Yeah, that one is the worst. Um, <laughs> so this is season four, episode four. Let me stand next to your fire. Written by Matt Owens, directed by Brad Turner. I don't know who either of these people are. Um, originally aired October 18th, 2016. I feel like Brad Turner we've seen before. I don't Maybe know. so. It doesn't, co- doesn't come up like off the top of my head, but that doesn't mean we haven't seen him a couple yeah. times. I know. <laughs> Four seasons, 22 or tw- yeah, 22 episodes each. Twenty. Yeah. I think so. At least so far. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of episodes. Can't keep track. I was trying to keep track and then I gave up. Um, <laughs> so we start off with. Just about 72 epi- uh, or 70 because we're at 70 and we oh, combined yeah. a couple and we've also done a couple extra. So it's close to like, they're like 60 something episodes. That's crazy. Yeah. We, we, damn, we've done a lot of recording. This is, that's, wow. Go us. <laughs> um, so we start off. Gemma is on the phone with Fitz and she's walking down the street and apparently she's hunting for an apartment for them. They're going to move in together. Very cute. Um, and uh, Fitz is like kind of shooting down all of the descriptions of this apartment. And she's like, she feels like it's the one. It's like the perfect apartment. And she comments because um, Fitz is going to Radcliffe's and she comments on how he's spending a lot of time with Radcliffe lately. And he's like, yeah, well, we got to figure out a way to, you know, cure the other ghost virus people without killing them. <laughs> so they're going to study May and what happened. Um, and Gemma walks to the apartment and the door is unlocked. So she just pushes it open and this is very creepy and it looks like the door has been broken into like the lock looks like fucked up. And so she pulls her gun out of her purse and is ready for anything. And it's just Daisy and she's covered in blood somehow. <laughs> That's new um, from last episode. And then we go to prison (laughs) where Eli, played by Jose Zuniga, is in his cell and he's reading and uh, the guard comes and is like, hey, you got a visitor. And it's Colson that's visiting him. And Colson is there to ask about Momentum Labs. And Eli is like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. And Colson's like, look, I know you're super decent. I can tell like, you know, I know the reason that you're in prison suggests that um, you're a good guy and uh, it just all the events surrounding, you know, your conviction are suspicious. And so, you know, if you help me, I may be, I may be able to help you too, help you get out. So um, May is at Radcliffe's and she is once again in a hospital bed. And it's funny. So um, <laughs> I was making food in the oven when I was watching this last night and the beeping from the hospital, like the, the machines that she's hooked up to, sounded like my timer going off and so I kept getting up to like check <laughs> to see if the food was done and then I would come back and be like okay it's not done and then turn the show back on and then the beeping would start again I'm like what the fuck like why is the timer going off I got up like three times literally like it, it, during the scene because I kept thinking because the beepers 
the beeps sounded exactly like my oven timer. It was very weird. So anyway, May is in the hospital bed, hooked up to a bunch of machines. Her one of the machines is beeping a lot, and Ada comes up. She's like, "Let me turn this on for you." And what Ada is there, and Radcliffe is just pretending she's his assistant. And uh, Ada is explaining to May how he basically killed her to help her, and she's like, "Oh, what the fuck? That's new. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great." Um, and she's very mad. She can't leave because they're running tests on her to help other people. Um, and Simmons in the empty apartment is patching Daisy up. Apparently she was shot in the back. And um, Gemma's like, I see you've been hacking into my search history. And Daisy's like, yeah, well, you were always a sucker for a breakfast nook. So clearly Daisy like set this all up so that she could meet with her <laughs> while she's looking for apartments. And I just really love this friendship because like obviously like they have some distance right now because of Daisy's behavior. And but Gemma still like drops everything to help her like she's not going to just be like, well, fuck you for leaving. You know, she's going to she's going to help her friend. And it turns out that Daisy actually got them the apartment, um, which is really sweet. And um, Gemma starts mothering her and is like, are you gauntlets? And he's like, no, they're a little obvious. And she's like, you should use them, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, OK, stop mothering me. And, and this kind of explains because I think we talked in episode one about how like why her arms are all fucked up and breaking all the time now yeah like why I think it was in episode one yeah yeah and we were like okay maybe the gauntlets had something to do with it but also like we talked about how lincoln like supposedly brought her back to balance or whatever so this shouldn't happen anymore so now i have concluded that lincoln was useless <laughs> yeah you know you remember when we thought all of his uh shtick about balance and overall like equilibrium and whatnot sounded a little bit made up it turns yeah. out it was totally made up and not based in science <laughs> yeah yeah so because her arms are still breaking when she's using her powers even though she had all you know, puncture and all that shit done so whatever <sighs> as usual useless um so actually the reason daisy is there is to give Gemma a list of inhuman assets that she got from a watchdog that ended up shooting her which is why she's bleeding um and the watchdogs are hacking into the shield servers Daisy wants Simmons to help her do the same. And Gemma's like, hello, I can't voluntarily help a vigilante. Can't do that. Like there's protocols in place. So Daisy pulls a gun on her and is like, what if it wasn't voluntary? And they both kind of smile at each other. And yeah, she's like, like, oh, I see what you did there. She's like, I know. <laughs> They're so fucking weird. Like it's, it's so good. <laughs> no, it's so stupid. It's like, I don't think that's how lie detectors work. When right? you're still absolutely lying, but it's well, technically she, true. Like, pulled that's the gun that. on me. I had no choice. Yeah, you pulled a gun on me. It's like, yeah, but did she coerce you? Well, no, but I mean, oh shit. <laughs> like, 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 like that's like, like I, I don't I think they it measures stress like it doesn't it's not like oh no no that's technically true see yeah. see i can tell oh from this squiggle so ridiculous lie detector tests are bullshit anyway but it's just like it's very that is weird to me that she goes through lie detector tests every day oh no it's so extra often. weird i feel like it doesn't really work like like slight spoiler i feel like it doesn't work with what we know overall when everything's right? said and done with mace yeah it add up He's not that much of a control freak or a dick. No. Like, I feel like that's that's in place, like in the abstract. Especially when we haven't even met him yet, it makes sense. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I, I get why it's there for the story to distance, uh, you know, uh, Gemma and and it fits a little bit. But I feel like that's I feel like it is just plot convenience. Like yeah, it's not the only thing I can think of is like maybe because she was part of Coulson's team, like Mace oh. wants to make sure he knows every like he doesn't want them like sneaking doing something and so he's like i just thought of another thing too she's in a really high level power like we talked about like she's like essentially like the vice principal or whatever yeah like uh and she's in charge of science for shield which is huge oh, but yeah. she also had the what do you call it the hydra infiltration and with the history oh, of yeah. shield and hydra i could actually see maybe that would be okay. why she's under extra scrutiny yeah, like that seems, well, maybe that like does all, seem plausible. Maybe all the people that are in like high positions of power like that have to go through lie detector tests. Like maybe yeah. it's not just her. I don't know. It's still it feels weak because we know Mace isn't that much of a control freak. But maybe yeah. it's out of his hands. Maybe it's his superiors. Like maybe it's yeah it's the president that he reports to or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, a, and, a, and a group of people like Talbot. Talbot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It, it does it does feel weird, but yeah, and it always makes me think of a uh, of of comics connections that 
William Malton Marston, the guy who created the the Y detector, the polygraph, is also the creator of Wonder Woman. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, so it's crazy. so weird. But like clearly that dude was obsessed with uh like because he was also in like polyamorous relationships with like like progressive women. Like when you look at like look at like the shit he's done in real life and in comics, like there's a couple of things he was very passionate about, and one of them was about like what like unconventional relationship dynamics with men and women especially at the time mm-hmm. and truth because he yeah. created wonder woman with that lasso of truth yep. and, a, and he legitimately invented the fucking polygraph like that dude was obsessed with truth <laughs> like, so weird That's and so women weird. being in charge of him and in a, t- in a time yeah. when that wasn't really okay <laughs> like but more power to him. He's a weird dude, but uh, apparently pretty brilliant as well. Uh, that's, that's, that's my almost comic connection for today. <laughs> is my detector test legitimately made up by the guy who made up one of them? Which crowd? Oh, I remember reading that as like a eleven year old in, in the encyclopedia and thinking that it was bullshit. Like, thinking like, <laughs> like that's like no, no way. That's insane. <laughs> like, 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 like That's what are just the too easy. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I bet you got the guy who made up uh, Batman also invented the boomerang, right? Right. <laughs> like, like, as long as you tell me <laughs> shit that's clearly not true. <laughs> oh my god, that's so weird. That's so weird. I love that. Um, so back at the prison, Coulson is telling Eli about this ghost situation. Eli is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, and he's just like, I really don't want to get involved. Um, and Colson's like, you know what? Like, I understand, but like the only other person that's connected to this case is in a coma because of you. So please help me. And he says no. And so Colson's walking back to the car and Mac is like, he said no, huh? And he's like, yeah, it was, it was a good first attempt. Um, it's not easy to find out your colleagues are back from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and Robbie pulls up in his charger and Mac like obviously he's attracted to the car but then he recognizes robbie and he's like hey that's the fiery ghost face guy skull face guy um and so they're gonna go chase him like because robbie sees they're like looking at him and he drives off really fast and uh, max like i'm driving and colson's like no you're not they're driving in lola um and then we have a car chase which is really cool uh and colson starts suggesting that max extra weight is like slowing them down because robbie <laughs> is like very clearly outrunning them <laughs> <laughs> is hilarious and he's like you should have let me tune her up um and well, then i think his first comment is like it's not it's not it, it, it's not that uh i'm weighing us down is that he's driving better then he yeah. tuning up after that like he is yeah the banter is between them is great <laughs> is, he's a little bit sensitive but also colson's being an asshole <laughs> uh, um so they end up in the river which is not really it's just like a stream of water with a bunch of concrete around it. So you can drive cars down there. If you don't know what we're talking about. And I think everyone's seen Terminator 2, right? Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> like, as someone, you know, who didn't grow up here, but who does walk by that all the time, like, mm-hmm. like now, like I always thought of Terminator 2 as a kid. And immediately when the scene started, thought of it as well. Like thought like, man, you never see just people driving through that. <laughs> yeah. You're not really allowed like, to. <laughs> for sure. But at the same time, like, man, all that's stopping you is that chain link fence in like most of those like little drive off areas, you know, yeah. like, like, like there's, there's a lot of spots in the Valley that you could get on. Oh yeah. <laughs> get down oh, yeah. Really easily and quickly and probably get away with it. Like if oh, you, yeah. knew, if you knew what you were doing, if you planned it out and you knew you had your exit strategy, like, I, I'm just surprised you don't see more like uh, ambitious teenagers with their phones out recording videos and shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I used I, to see people down there like skateboarding a lot, like, but years ago when skateboarding was like super hip. I don't know. I don't know. Is skateboarding cool now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's, I, I think that it's, I think that it's sort of weird. Like, it's something that I, I think about every once in a while with stuff like that is, uh, I think from like the generation before us, but like they're, they're going to be, if they're not already like their, their parents and they're going to be grandparents and shit, but like they grew up, they didn't, they're not just familiar with rap, but like they grew up with it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. like, like the styles, the music, the things that you think of as, uh, I still think of as like kind of like youth oriented. They were created by men and women who are now old, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, and it's, it's weird to think like, about some about some of that shit, but like I think skateboarding is sort of in that in that range. When I think like you know the guys that like invented that shit are like Tony Hawk, who's now like f- over fifty. Yeah, you know like, I love his older Twitter. Than Ming-Na. 
Uh, his Twitter is just him always talking about getting recognized at the airport because they'll see his passport or his ID and they're like, oh, Anthony Hawk. It's like Tony Hawk. <laughs> what happened to that guy? He's like, yeah, no idea. <laughs> but no, I, I can't help but wonder because like I do, I feel like around here and in Portland, like I see more, I do see young people when I do see on them on skateboards more like at skate parks when mm-hmm. I go by them. But as far as like actually just using it to get around like transportation, yeah, I see like middle-aged people. I see like 40 <laughs> year old dudes on a skateboard. Yeah. Or Billy women rides a my skateboard. Age, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I see like, 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 like women in their thirties or whatever. Like, like, and I always think like, Oh, it's kind of cool. Like they must've always been into it, you know, like, mm-hmm. but, but it definitely in a way it does like that inherently makes it less cool. Right. right? <laughs> it's just old that, people are into it's it. It's just something that know. regular old people do and not young people. I don't yeah. know. Like, they're yeah. the arbiters of cool. Man, does this mean I'm old? Because I don't know what's co- if skateboarding is cool anymore. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe. Man. I think for, 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 for me, it's uh, groaning when I stand up and wanting to like just stay in and watch stuff on TV. Like oh, I think yeah. that's, that's going definitely out. <laughs> that's, that's me knowing I'm very old. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mine is getting heartburn when eating anything with tomato oh. sauce in it. <laughs> Or wine uh, or beer. Last, my last uh, weird aside born from this is like broccoli is the thing that pisses me off, but it like gives me like a heartburn or upset. Oh, stomach. that's so weird. And it's like, I, I, it's like, what the hell, man? It's a vegetable. It's supposed to be good for me. It's like when I was a yeah. kid, I remember thinking it was weird that I liked it, but it's like, come on, man. Like I'm trying to eat green vegetables as an adult. Like, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to not be, you know, an idiot and, and eat good stuff. And if, if I, I've like, narrowed it down to like that and i think cabbage when i do eat like like uh stuff with greens and, and with a lot of vegetables salads or whatever anything 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 time that cabbage or broccoli are heavily featured it causes me indigestion and i'm like so fuck, weird fuck you like, <laughs> i don't want to take gas x or some bullshit so i don't uh, you know have a heart have heartburn or upset upset stomach like i just want to be able to eat food like i like, know like that's that, that's it's, it's something they do. I feel like warn us about about getting older, but it doesn't sink in like some of the other stuff. Like you know, like oh yeah, yeah. don't get your don't ride it ride uh, you know on a motorcycle without a helmet. Don't do dangerous shit. Like we know that, but like yeah. <laughs> but like there's no way to prevent the other stuff. I think that maybe that's part of it. It's like yeah, yeah. like yeah. even if you're like very physically healthy and eat well, like you still end up getting heartburn at some right. Point. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just, or just like joints start to like wear out, or whatever. yeah, like, like, like stuff like you can't, you, you, and you. There's definitely stuff for both. You probably do to prevent it or to, to counteract it. It's natural, but it's also like, come on, man, just can't anything just be existence anymore? <laughs> like, right? Yeah, I know. Function is it too much to ask that we all are immortal and, and right, age? <laughs> right. God, it sounds it sounds great, but it also sounds kind of terrible at the same time. Yeah. Then I'd be stuck on this earth with oh, God. Like Donald Trump and yeah. Ted Cruz forever. <laughs> well, once you realize that that sort of medical advancement yeah, w- would go to those guys first because of their money, yeah. like that's yeah. even scarier. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're chasing Robbie down the or I don't know where they're going, but in the LA riverbed and um, Robbie is speeding away and Mac is like, no, he's getting away. And Colson's like, no, 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 I got it. And there is a cloaked Quinjet right in front of Robbie and he crashes into it and he gets knocked out. And I was really worried because I was like, no, his car, but his car's fine. <laughs> but anyway, that one, I, th- I thought about that for like longer than I should have. Like, it, like how powerful is the Quinjet that it did nothing to it? Like, I know. Going at full <laughs> speed. It's like, it didn't even dent it. I know. <laughs> like, like barely bumped it. It was just like, <laughs> like, no, and like them, like checking on it, like making sure, okay, it's like, they don't yeah. know. They don't know about his superpowers. And he's possessed I by know. a ghost and shit. Yeah. They could have killed that kid. I know. Well, also like he gets, he hits the Quinjet hard enough to knock himself out, which is like, you have to hit your head really hard for that to happen. So God damn. Yeah. They said I didn't pass out when I, like I literally cracked my skull open and went 45 miles an hour out of the car after, yeah. after smashing my head into the windshield and uh, 45 miles an hour. And like, like in, in my accident and I didn't lose consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't just shut off like, like yeah. that shit. We've all seen boxing matches. Like, like yeah, they, if you get punched are, in the face, like you're still conscious unless you get punched hard enough. A, to get a lot of times. Yeah. 
So all this bullshit about people just walking in and punching each other in the head and the person going down is just not real, but it, it's good dramatic effect. <laughs> I feel like I think the best fiction when they do that, they usually have something. You know, they're holding like mm. like, like like a like a brick. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a brick or or, or like and or, or like or something, some yeah. or like, like a metal rod. Like, like they've got something to, to knock somebody out where it's a little more believable. But even that, when you think about it, like when you really do think about it, like that. It, for the most part, that's not just going to be a one-off, you know, like you're probably yeah. going to hit them a couple times. <laughs> and like, if it is something like a brick or a metal rod and you're trying to, to do it in a one-off shot, like, you might just kill them. Like, yeah, I feel like, like that's a delicate. Hand. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's not as easy. It's, it's the, the thing that cracks me up the most in this like genre of action sequence is when it's a not like trained assassin, not like, like ninja who goes up behind someone and just twists their head and yeah. snaps their neck and they die instantly. I'm like, like that's not how anything works. Like, just a regular person isn't going to be able to, to get that much torque. And right? like, 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 it's that, like, it's, it's, so it's, it's just, it's, just, it's a go-to and, and it's portrayed as like extremely easy. Like yeah. anyone just walks behind someone <laughs> and it's like snap. <laughs> Oh my god! Like uh, if that were true, people would be dying all the time. I'm sure kids would be dying all yeah, the time. I'm sure they, kids see that on TV and like, oh, I should want to do that, like to my friend. Now, now, I, now I wish some sketch comedy show did a sketch where there's like an epidemic of kids getting like <laughs> like, like like neck injuries. They're just oh walking around god. trying to snap each other's neck. <laughs> Every kid's doing it. Oh my god! Like seriously, though, kids like mimic what they see. Like <laughs> no, it's I don't true. know. <laughs> I feel like that's something they would do. Oh my god! Um, so Daisy and Gemma are in Daisy's van, and they're outside the building that houses like the registration log or whatever of all the Inhumans. And Daisy is walking Gemma through how to steal someone's badge and then hack into the server with like this little USB thing for Daisy, and then, um. Gemma's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then she's like, okay, let's just go. And she like gets out of the car and just like walks out. And he's like, what the fuck? What are you, what is she doing? And she walks up to the lady that she's supposed to like steal her badge and just talks to her and hands her the flash drive and then walks away. And he's like, what the fuck was that? And she's like, well, I just told her this is, has updated information and she needs to plug it into the server. And she's like, and why would she do that? And, and Gemma's like, I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I outrank her. <laughs> I love how she says that too. She's just like, I'm the boss, whatever. <laughs> it's cute. Um, Fitz shows up at Radcliffe's and they start discussing possibilities for a cure for the ghost virus, which is what they're calling it. And Fitz walks past the room that May is in and he sees Ada attending to May and he freaks out. He's like, what the fuck? Why is she out? Why is she out? And basically... Radcliffe is running this as like the touring test to see if Ada passes because apparently Fitz has greatly advanced Ada's social cues. And so she's doing a good job as, as passing for human. And Fitz is like, this is a bad idea. And May calls for Fitz and he's like, oh God, no. <laughs> and he walks in there and he's so freaking awkward. He's like, hey, hey, so uh, what, what's happening? Like, how are you? Like, we have to keep you here. I'm sorry. Oh my God. So awkward. Um, uh, I feel like, do we come back to the scene? Yeah, 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 we come back. Um, why did I leave it off there? So uh, Daisy is in the server. Um, she gets access because what's her name plugged in the USB port as she was ordered to do by her boss. And it turns out a third party is hacking into the list and they find JT on the list, our friend James. And they're like, shit, we have to go after him. And Daisy's like, okay, I got to go. Gemma's like, uh, I'm going with you. And Daisy's like, no, this is something I have to handle alone. And she's like, uh, this is kind of what shield does. Uh, and you can't have it both ways. You can't come to like drag yourself to us half dead and like need help because your arms are broken and then just like go about your business. Like that's not fair. So I'm going with you. And she's very sassy about it, which is great. And Daisy's kind of just like, okay, <laughs> what just happened? Um, uh, the Charger and Robbie are now on the Quinjet. Or is this the Zephyr? I think it's the Zephyr. Yeah, it's I think Zephyr. so too. <laughs> and Mac is checking out the Charger and there is no damage. About So thank God. And Robbie is like, don't touch my car from the containment module. 
Um, and Coulson is like, yeah, like this is very interesting because uh, we you managed to escape capture all this time. I've heard about you for a long time. And and then Mac is like, yeah, we nab you in a parking lot. Must hurt. <laughs> and Coulson starts asking Robbie questions. He's like, I know you're not inhuman, um, but you're a murderer. And Robbie's like, well, I have a code. Like, I only kill people that deserve it. And Coulson's like, yeah, I can see that. And that's why you're like still alive right now. And he's like, what are you? And Robbie's like, I made a deal with the devil. And Coulson's like, okay, cool. And then he goes back to Mac. He's like, we got ghosts and the devil. Like, what the fuck is happening? And um, he's like, what do you think about this, Mac? And Mac's like, well, I believe in God. So I have to believe in the other guy, too. <laughs> so I just like how it's super self-aware that, like, okay, aliens, all that shit. That's, at this point, normal. But ghosts and the devil, that's weird. Why are we talking about this? Um, and Coulson goes back to Robbie and he comments or he comments to Mac like, hey, Daisy trusts him, right? And Mac's like, yeah, I guess. And Coulson goes and lets Robbie out because he trusts Daisy. Everybody trusts Daisy. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know why, but they do. Um, so Gemma and Daisy go to JT's work. And guess what? It's a fireworks store, which, of course, uh, and the girls walk in and he's kind of like he's helping customers and he looks very not happy to see them. And he's like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, hey, good to see you. And Daisy's like, look, the watchdogs are after you. They like tracked your location with your watch. And JT's like, well, I kind of can't take this off. I didn't have a choice in having it put on. And so Daisy quakes the watch off, which why does why do her powers allow her to do that? Whatever. <laughs> um, and she tries to convince him to run for his life because they're after him. And he's like, nah, my life is kind of garbage and I don't have anyone in it. So I, I don't really care. Like, he's just like, whatever. <laughs> like, And she's like, and Simmons is like, look, like we at S.H.I.E.L.D. are like trying to help you like get control of your life again and help you move on. And then Daisy just is like, well, you know what? You should fight back because that's the best way to take control of your life and be able to move on. And he thinks about this for a second and he's like, meet me after closing at my storage unit and we'll chat. Um, Colson in the meantime is on the Zephyr offering Robbie a deal. He wants Robbie to go talk to his uncle and try to get information out of him about the whole lab situation. And he wants Robbie to let Colson and Mac listen in on the conversation. But if he refuses, they're just going to drop him out of the plane while it's in the air. So this isn't really a deal. <laughs> Colson. <laughs> Very God, <laughs> he's come so far. Um, back at Radcliffe's, it is explaining to May what happened and is behaving very human. Um, and then May says something in Mandarin because she's annoyed, and Ada translates, and May's like, "Oh, you speak Chinese? Where are you from?" And Ada's like, "Well, most of me is Chinese." And yeah, fits <laughs> oh my God, that line. <laughs> oh, and Fitz interrupts her and is like, no, no, no. She's from Canada, which has a big Chinese community where she grew up and blah, blah, blah. And he makes this like bullshit excuse. And May kind of looks at Radcliffe and is like, you've been hiding Ada from me. I like her. She's like all business, you know, which, oh, my God. This scene I don't is so uncomfortable. But, like, I feel like the only way that works is if she is a little loopy on pain meds that she didn't yeah. notice. <laughs> she didn't notice her second of me is Chinese. Oh like, my, oh god. my god. Like, uh, oof. I feel like Maze is a little okay. smarter than that, but right? I'm sure, like, why would you think a robot that looks like a human tending? Like, that's weird. Like, I would never, that would not be my first thought. No, <laughs> like, for sure. But the only way she missed that clear dialogue you know, is if she's like a little out of like, in yeah. which case, that would explain everything why the most astute yeah. character on the show is like oh cool what fitz said didn't it all sound like rambling bullshit from fitz <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god because <laughs> his excuse made no sense yeah what he's she like is she's canadian what no dude doesn't work <laughs> like, like that doesn't make any sense most of me is from china because yeah. i'm canadian wait what <laughs> And I like how he's like Chinese community explaining her like about like the Chinese community in Canada, wherever she's from. And it's just like total bullshit. And May's just like, okay. Which which now makes me have to think of um <laughs> super random aside, but semi-related. Oh uh, uh from a show we both enjoy from Kim's Convenience, uh <laughs> the the sidekick character, uh and kind of comedic relief. 
Um, yeah, Kim Chi. I was trying to think. I can't remember his, his actor's name, but he plays a character named Luigi in a movie called Little Italy, starring Emma Roberts and what? and uh, what's his name, um, Hayden Christensen. A... What? <laughs> okay. So you'd think that Little Italy is about Little Italy in New York. It's actually about Toronto's Little Italy because the film, because the director who also did Mystic Pizza and the writer and Hayden Christensen are all Canadian. And okay. If and so a movie is the, takes so is place, the guy who plays Kimchi, right? He's right. Canadian. Yeah. Right. And if you do a movie that takes place in Canada and you make it explicit that it takes place in Canada, the Canadian Tourism Board and Film Board will pay for like 30% of your movie. And so, what? yeah, they did the same thing for Scott Pilgrim. The, at the company I used to work at, the comic company uh, Oni, because it was originally to, it, like it wasn't a, a scam to get them to pay for it. Like like the whole thing is very much about a very autobiographical. And Brian Lee O'Malley is a, a biracial Korean Canadian man from uh, from from Canada, and all the, he used all these locations from where he grew up in the story of Scott Pilgrim and all these characters and uh, and all these ex- drew drew on his own experiences in life. So it's very authentic. But I remember, like the the party at Comic Con the year that it premiered was paid for by the Canadian Tourism Board. I remember, wow, being like, like, like <laughs> because they were producers in the film. But uh, in this m- movie, Kimchi, uh, whoever plays Kimchi, plays a man named Luigi who is fake Italian and like has a thick Italian accent. And at one point in the, in the movie, he calls out Hayden Christensen's character for not admitting he's in love with Emma Roberts. Be like, you're living in denial. And he goes, are you kidding? He's like, you're not really Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you're Chinese. And he like, like tells him his real name and all this. And he's like, you know, I know that. And then he has a conversation with him about how like he had to come out. And when he came out of the closet, that his dad rejected him, but he found acceptance in the Italian community. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, and like, well, like, can we still be friends? Like after after me explaining all this, and he's like, yeah, of course. He's like, I don't, he's like, you know, I don't care if you're gay. He's like, no, I mean, because I'm not Italian. It's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. But it vaguely reminds oh me of God. this Mallory Jensen <laughs> saying, I'm Chinese. <laughs> like, wait, what? And then, and then him covering it up with, no, it's Canadian. Because it's this weird mixture of like, no, weird appropriation thing. <laughs> and so weird. Tied up to a very bizarre, like, Everything about that movie is 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 weird. So- straight up racist shit. Like both, yeah. there's because it's a Romeo and Juliet with competing pizza places in, in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, what no. The fuck? Yes, I know. So uh, Hayden Christensen uh, is in this. Yes, and and he plays opposite uh, Emma Roberts. So they have like flashbacks to like twelve years ago when they're when they're little kids. But it's like twelve years ago, Hayden Christensen was a grown man. <laughs> she was a kid. Like, <laughs> He's significantly older than her. <laughs> He's my age, and she's a lot younger than us. Oh, my <laughs> but, God. but but yeah, he's playing the same age. At some point in the movie, they realized that they dyed his hair like pitch black to make him look Italian because he's not. Yeah, his last name's Christians. Yeah, <laughs> and he's pale. So he looked yeah. awful. So they just started like <laughs> clearly they just started spray tanning like halfway through the movie. He's orange. It's it's. It's got some issues, but yeah, there's some straight up racist stuff that each, each of these two, his and Emma Roberts dads each own a pizza place and they're, uh, they each have an East Indian employee, but there's some, like, I think Hayden Christensen or his dad call their employee slum dog at one point. It's, it's, oh, no. <laughs> it, but, but here's the thing that's insane. It was made, it came out in the fall of 2018. What? That's the part that makes no sense. This movie sounds like it should have been made in like. The- 1987 like, right? or, or at the least like early 2000s but yeah it's, it's recent it's super recent it's so strange i i almost recommend watching it like if you don't have to pay for it for sure i would give them money <laughs> but if it's like on a streaming service i recommend watching it just because it's like a train wreck uh, and and i do like the guy who plays kimchi i don't mind supporting him I ha- okay. I'm looking at this movie right now because I um. I think the best part I, is that like all believe. these Italian American <laughs> actors are in it, like, but they're all doing Italian accents, and it makes me wonder, like, where does that accent come from? Is that from Brooklyn specifically, or is it from tr- transitioning Italian into English? Like, do 
the people of literally Toronto have a New York Italian accent. Right? And, and so it's it, it maybe it did do its job as a as something paid for by the Tourism Commission of Canada because I actually want to see what literally Toronto is like. <laughs> like and I never Oh my god! Okay, I, so I have to know now. I'm looking at photos of this on IMDb and hit <laughs> terrible with super black hair and a fit and a fake tan. Like, oh my god! I feel like this is worth it for the aside, just because anyone. Oh, this up. it's 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 funny. They're on a they're on a moped it. that says Vince's pizza. Vince's pizza on it. <laughs> wow! Wow! I. I'm I think Vince is his this, dad. His I'm name is Leo. I know this movie exists. <laughs> it's it is if you have a little bit of time, weed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you ever yeah. have, if you ever have an hour and a half to kill. Oh, and uh, Jane Seymour is in it as who's the really mean uh, chef guy from like Hell's Kitchen and all that stuff. Oh, um, shit. You know who I'm talking about? Though. Yeah, yeah. She she plays a version of him. And like they literally have her doing his shtick, like 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 quoting him from like it's, oh it's, Jane Seymour. Yeah, I feel badly for her. Like I think there's no way she she doesn't probably watch reality TV. She she didn't realize she was wholesale ripping off. Uh, yeah. Is it Gordon? Something? Oh, Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, she she's wholesale ripping off Gordon Ramsay, and I'm sure she had no idea. Like oh, I'm yeah. I'm assuming most people involved in that movie know what they were doing. Oh right. gosh. I can't remember her name right now, but the but the woman who plays the mom in my big frat Greek wedding. Is, oh yeah, I saw I saw her photo in this. Yeah, she's yeah. one of the moms, Andrea. But uh, she plays Hayden Christensen's mom, I believe, and I uh, or maybe grandma, I don't know. But either way, it's the same character she played in my big frat yep. Greek wedding. <laughs> only she's Italian in this Instead and Greek, Greek in that. And I think in real life, I think she's a Jewish American lady. I don't think oh. she's Italian or Greek. Which is awesome. <laughs> wow. Like, good, good for her. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Oh so, my God. My- I, we need to send, you need to tell Amanda about this. <laughs> she, our friend Amanda, she loves Hayden Christensen. I should. I, 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 I definitely will. I can't believe it. It's, uh, it's amazing. I, she might I already know to, about it. <laughs> I listened to it because of the podcast, How Did This Get Made, where they cover awful movies. And it's. <laughs> Wow. It's amazing. They really get into into heavy detail about how bad it is. It's like there's stuff that I, I wouldn't have thought about, like how there are scenes with outdoor lighting achieved by putting every kind of indoor lamp you could think of on a rooftop, <laughs> like, like, like like on a roof, rooftop terrace and yes. on top of Hayden Christensen's apartment building. But it's in fucking Toronto. It's like all of these things would be destroyed instantly from rain. Right? <laughs> it's like, it's... Uh, but oh my god it's it's rough like and the whole thing like like it starts off like it's it's like the beginning of goodfellas like it's the two of them narrating about the good old days now things oh don't change and little literally like it's like <laughs> it's, it's, oh my god. it makes no sense and I'm, it's a huge aside but uh i feel like it's worth it if anyone if anyone actually sees this it, you will laugh <laughs> like, like it, it's, oh it's my god possible not to laugh at this movie Order so, a pizza, smoke some weed, <laughs> yeah, watch have, Little Italy. Have some world-famous Canadian pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we think of a great pizza. We think Toronto. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> you think Naples, New York, Chicago, Toronto, the great, <laughs> the great pizza cities of the world. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good Lord. I can't, I don't even know what to say because that was such a, I'm just going to continue. <laughs> no, 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 I think that's for the best. <laughs> so, um, Robbie goes to prison to visit Eli and Eli's has the baby or how, ha- yeah, has the baby. And they're talking about the charger. Um, and he knows some things up with Robbie being there. He's like, it's not my birthday. It's not Christmas why are you here? And Robbie's like, I just wanted to say hi. And he's like, it's weird that you're visiting me the same day that shield is visiting me. So Robbie gets down to business and he's like, I need to know what happened and blah, blah, blah. And so 
Um, Robbie shows him the photo that he took from the lab when he was ghostwriter. And he's like, who is this woman? She is now a ghost, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, Eli tells him this name, her, her name is Lucy and this guy is her husband and he spills everything. And so apparently he was an engineer, worked with this team doing like weird uh, experimental shit. They needed an engineer. Um, and they were building a quantum particle generator so that they could essentially build matter from nothing, which seemed crazy. And um, it was not going well, I guess. And uh, Lucy's husband, Joe, kept pushing the project and the entire thing literally blew up in their faces and it killed the whole team, or so he thought. Um, so Eli beat the shit out of Joe and now he's in prison for that. <laughs> and Robbie's kind of like, why didn't you tell me? And um, it's like, dude, you were just a kid. Like, this, these are my demons, not yours. And um, Coulson in the comms like wants to know what Lucy after so maybe they can find her and uh eli says she's after a book and then mac and colson get a call and they have to go deal with something else it's gonna have to be put on the back burner but damn crazy um so speaking of lucy lucy goes to visit joe who is in a coma and so he's essentially a vegetable laying in a bed and she does something weird and crazy with his brain and he wakes up from the coma and then she's like where's the book (laughs) Um, meanwhile, the Quinjet docks with the Zephyr and Robbie walks on board and he wants to go take care of things now that they know what's up. And Colson's like, look, we got to take a detour. I'm sorry. Like, you can either come help us. You know, our deal still stands. You know, we could use your help. And so he agrees to come. Um, and uh, at Radcliffe's, uh, Ada is working with him and he asks, she asks Radcliffe why Fitz lied to me about her and because she was programmed not to lie. And so Radcliffe is like, you know, sometimes it's okay to lie to like, you know, prevent someone from having pain or saving a life and not all lies are inherently bad. And she's like, well, his life was fit saving when he lied to, to me and Radcliffe is like, he was saving yours. And now she has this look on her face like Fitz. Fitz is so great. Like, oh God, this entire season was doomed from the beginning. (laughs) Like all this stuff that's being teased between Fitz and Ada is just like so heartbreaking and also so creepy. Um, where am I at? Uh, meanwhile, uh, Daisy and Gemma are in the, uh, called the, my brain just died. Um, what the fuck storage unit place so they're in the hallway waiting for jt and um Gemma is like scolding daisy for dragging him into this mess and this whole thing seems very suspicious like jt shows up and it seems too easy and um it's like daisy take it easy on Gemma. she doesn't understand what it's like to lose everything um and he opens the door to his storage unit and the watchdogs pop out and he's on their side Apparently, he let them hijack the signal from his watch to be able to hack into the system to find everybody. And now he blames Daisy for his life. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, you were begging to go through Terrogenesis. And he's like, yeah, I didn't ask for Hive and all that shit. Like, now I have nothing. (laughs) And I hate myself. Um, Oh, he says, I don't hate myself. I hate all of us. And... God damn, he is. Yeah, no, he's the worst, man. (laughs) Jeez. There's, I mean, I kind of feel bad for him in a way because, dude needs some therapy but also he is the worst um and daisy's kind of like on the floor and she's like all right and so she quakes the floor and knocks everybody down and it gives her and Gemma a chance to get away and Gemma's able to shoot at some of the watchdogs gt is so gross he's like i I forget what he says but i wrote that down for a reason (laughs) he must have said something gross um and they lock themselves in a storage container that happens to be open and Daisy's not doing well. Her arm is still very much broken, and Gemma does not have very many rounds left in her it, rounds left in her gun. And James is walking down the hallway, and he's throwing these fireballs around, and he blows the door off of their storage unit, and they're like on the ground, and he grabs the chain that's holding up the door, which is like Ghost Rider's thing. You know, I was very right. upset. <laughs> and so he grabs the chain and he swings it back as it's on fire and Robbie is there and he grabs it and he kind of looks at the chain like, huh, I like this. Um, and then he like beats the shit out of JT and he tells them to run and find Colson. And so they're like having this literal firefight um, and the writer shows up and he says, it's time to pay for your sin. Damn. That was also a very good special effects scene. It was, um, it was all, it was all really well done. And like, they clearly, I feel like we talked about it, I think a little bit 
in our spoilery stuff uh, covering season three that it felt like maybe uh, JT's Hellfire powers were kind of like a test for the Ghost mm-hmm. Rider special effects. Mm-hmm. And like they, they nailed that stuff. So yeah. all that worked really well. And just in general, both this and the previous episode, uh, the action is just really good in general. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just, it's solid for T for TV network weekly action. Like it's, it, I was impressed by several of the scenes in the in the blocking and, and choreography. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially for, sure. for ones without Ming Na, because <laughs> usually she's front and center in the most badass action scene. Yeah, like it was actually like last episode. It was really cool, like Fitz and Coulson being in these like really cool action scenes, like holding their own, and it, they made it look really good. Like the way that you know the camera editing is, and just like I don't know, I like it overall. Um, so Mac and where are we? Uh, oh, so Mac and Colson run up to the fireworks store. I guess their call was because of, G, you know, JT's watch went offline. And so they take out all these watchdogs that are in front of the fireworks store and Gemma shows up and they're like, why are, what are you doing here? And she's like, we were taking care of JT and Daisy walks in and Mac and Colson are like, oh, and then JT blows through a wall and him and Robbie land in a pile of fireworks. And they're like, did the fiery guys just land in a pile of fireworks? So they run out of the building and the building explodes with all these fireworks going everywhere. Um, and then Robbie walks out dragging James unconscious body behind him wrapped in a chain. And he's untouched. He's like, not, he's like, you wanted him alive, right? And here you go. And so he, and he takes the chain with him and he walks away. Um, and then everybody's sitting in the Zephyr and it's very awkward. Like Daisy and, and Robbie are kind of sitting there quietly because dad is standing there being he's he's being very dad. He's like, you know, he's doing the whole like you guys are in trouble, but I'm not saying anything yet. <laughs> and so I'm going to just make make it so so awkward that you're going to try and talk through the silence. <laughs> yeah, it's almost worse when you're when you're in that situation. <laughs> like you want them to just say what it is and get it over with. So you like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's that su- super awkward tension. Yeah, but he's being very dad, and then she's like, you know, explains what happens, and he, you're safe, which is also very dad. Um, and he pulls up an image of the dark hole that's in the shield archives, and he's like, look, this is the book. No one has found it. I know you guys like working alone, but right now we need you. Like whether you like it or not, our paths have crossed, um, based off of like the stuff that you're looking for and the stuff that you're looking for, um, and. Uh, the look that her and Robbie exchange, like Robbie just looks, God, Gabriel Luna is such a good face actor. Like he just like has the best facial expressions. He just looks like tortured, but also like determined. And also like, I can't believe I'm teaming up with these people. And Daisy's just kind of like, all right, whatever, guess we're in. And so he's like, Hey, you know, that guy that your uncle beat up, uh, Joseph Bauer, the guy who was like head of this project, he just woke up from a coma. How convenient. (laughs) Um, oh, also he mentions how like this book is like legendary, uh, like no one has found it. Like white, white hall wasn't able to find it either was Nick Fury. And so it's crazy that these people found this. Um, so Radcliffe is letting May leave and Coulson comes in. He's like, Hey, you need a ride. And he meets Ada cause Ada's there. And Coulson, uh, she, he, she also says something about how like, Oh, Radcliffe made all of me. And he's like, Oh, it's nice to meet a fellow amputee. Like he also doesn't get it. And Gemma's kind of looking at her and she pulls Fitz aside and she's like, now I see why you've been spending so much time here. She's gorgeous. And Fitz is like, what? And she's like, but she's also so real. And Fitz is like, those are really weird things to say about a person. <laughs> Gemma's like, you know, she's an Android. Right. And, I was like, of course I know. Like, I'm the one that helped develop her. She's like, what the fuck? How can you keep this from me? And he's like, because you have a lie detector test all the time. And like, I didn't want you to like have to keep the secret. And she's like, oh shit, I have a lie detector test tomorrow. What do I do? And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh God. I forgot that like this gets brought up. Like Gemma figures it out like this soon. I didn't think this happened for a while. I thought we stretched out longer, but. Yeah, again, this is another one where I was very similarly surprised like and i can't remember if colson knows that she's an android and is just like pretending i don't think he does like i don't i don't know for sure by any means but i don't think he does but anyway this is this is the point where this is fake may this is not real may right right i i I believe so yeah this is the beginning of it right yeah does radcliffe know that Ada has switched them out. 
Or is this does this not happen until later when she gets the dark hole? Now I'm confused. <laughs> well, she she the dark hole is what she uses to make herself her make herself like into a real person. Like she like okay. Pinocchio's the shit up. But she has people put in the framework before it, they kind of yes. converge. Yes. So like the framework stuff gets building and building and building towards it and I don't know that that may has been replaced yet. But I think I think she has. I, I'm not 100% sure. I kind of was both just she and Radcliffe are both replaced, right? Are they? I think so because I think Radcliffe is is in the framework, but willing to like help them once they start talking to him. You know, and he is instrumental. He's helping, and he's aware. He's in the, in it in there. But, but I'm pretty sure he was put in there against his will by Ada as well. But I'm not sure if that's happened yet this early. I can't remember now. I feel like this was like the start of May getting switched. But I May, think now right I'm not too. sure. Well, because of the whole unconscious thing, like I can't help but wonder if she never came out after like like, like they revived her after. To, to cure her but if she's been comatose the whole time like in recovery mm-hmm. and because you i think you might be right but i'm not 100 percent sure i was gonna say i just remember her being like in a closet like we yeah. see like her like hooked up to like a bunch of you know she's in the framework and she's hooked up to a bunch of like tubes and stuff like that in a closet somewhere no i remember that too and she kept she kept trying to break out later mm-hmm. on in the season and they kept like just like stopping her and she would keep waking up in a simulation of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like she kept almost breaking out like because yeah. she was so determined and so badass um no, i have the same re- vague recollection so so uh, i was gonna say the kind of one comic connection is cool i think i mentioned it maybe last season maybe maybe i don't think it was just in the one uh, just in the, the first episode of this season but uh the dark hold Mm. And the 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 dark hold is basically like their book of the dead or their magic evil devil book uh, <laughs> Necronomicon in in uh, Evil Dead and those uh, mm. movies uh, and I think it's even called Necronomicon in some things in Marvel comics uh, associated with it or the book of the damned and the book mm-hmm. of sins and whatnot uh, and I know I believe when I did mention it before I mentioned it's like connected to Sithon who's like this. Uh, god that's like connected to hp lovecraft stuff and whatnot it's created by jerry conway and mike plug and first appeared in marvel spotlight number four in june 1972 in a story involving uh werewolf by night who's greg russoff who i mentioned before who's uh his uh descendant is named jack russell uh, yes. <laughs> and it's also connected to dr doom uh dr strange and uh one of the reasons I wanted to mention it, and it was kind of cool that it happened to coincide with when this will release and when we recorded, uh, Hulu just dropped the last season of uh, Marvel's Runaways in uh, mm-hmm. full, and it is he- heavily heavily involves Morgan Le Fay, the Arthurian uh, sorceress, mm-hmm. and and it has the same physical Darkhold prop book from Shield and the Darkhold mm-hmm. as instrumental in the. Uh, just as she's connected to it in the comics, she's connected to it in in the uh, MCU that Jeff Loeb was able to have a branch of on television. Yeah, that's and so he, cool. He wanted interconnectivity. There's also a crossover with the Cloak and Dagger show, which had like references yeah. to stuff in both like the MCU proper and Netflix stuff with rocks and oil or rocks on. Uh, mm, yeah. Instrumental in, in their origin in the, the TV yeah. version. That was in uh, Agent Carter as well, I believe. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Loeb was trying to trying to do the thing that they were told he was set out to do and he was told to do to make it all connected and that before uh feuding between Ike Perlmutter and uh Kevin Feige was supposed to be the plan yeah. and he he never stopped trying to make it work and the, the, like Runaway, the Runaways last season is almost like a culmination of it like it had several overlap several things going on and it's a, it's a it's a shame. It was really satisfying as a big Shield fan to see that yeah. same exact prop and see it like like when I saw like the way it was the way the writing on the cover was like yeah. almost like uh, vertically. I was like, wait, what? Oh, it's the same dark hole. Like holy <laughs> crap! And I like Google exact that's same so, one. Oh my gosh! Like, that's so cool. I love that. That's yeah. So without revealing how that ends, other than that it's the final season, so it does end. I recommend that for people who enjoyed it. It, it uh, is good uh, and if you I, I i don't know i think if you're a fan of the runaways you'd probably like it and if not, i think it's a solid like coming of age story i enjoyed the comic a little more the biggest deviation 
uh, from the source material is that the comic series is really about the kids and the show is yeah. about the kids and their supervillain parents. I remember and, you telling, talking yeah. about this actually. And, yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I like the focus on the kids, but I don't think it's a criticism and on, uh, on just the nature of the way television works. Like if you're going to ha- have to hire all those actors to play the parents, it makes sense to get use of hiring them as right. cast members. Like you're going to have to pay it with, with the way union rules, which I mean, Unions are shit on and don't have a lot of stuff guaranteed in a lot of areas in the United yeah. States, but actors unions have a couple things like, yeah. like actually kind of carved out that are fair. And one of those is if you're on as a permanent cast member, you're paid for every show, whether or not they use you. Yeah. Like, like a lot of times that's why you wonder like, why is this random character? Like, like I know when I was just rewatching Battlestar, I'm like, why was Adama in this episode? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like barely in it. Like he had no, there's no purpose. It's like they, they had paid to, anyway. Yeah. yeah. They had to pay Jamie Bamber and he's, spending the time living in Vancouver or whatever, like, mm-hmm. like away from his family, might as well, might as well come out, do one day of shooting that week. Yeah. 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 That's true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I need to, I need to watch, I need to watch Runaways. It's on my list. I recommend it. The kids did a really good job. Like that, like that's a cast of really good actors. I do like question some of the, there's one, like the youngest character in the comic is Molly who uh, they do make some improvements to her, I think, in the show, but they also age her up to make her closer mm-hmm. to the other kids. So instead of being like 12 when it starts, she's like 14. Right. But then because they do a year between each thing, but the story doesn't actually have a year between everything. Like oh. <laughs> when the third season started, like I felt badly for her because I'm like, man, this this girl is like, like it gone through puberty on television. She she yeah. It's fine, but she just looks so much older and they have her dressed in the same costumes they had her oh, dressed God. in the first season that are des- made that are designed to look like the character is supposed to be 12. So she's wearing like bunny ear hats and like overalls and oh, jumpers no. and stuff. And <laughs> it, it, like, it doesn't look, none of it looks bad. Like, like I feel bad because she's a good actor and, a, and doing a good job and doing the, she's playing the kind of de-aged she's playing a little younger and doing, doing it convincingly. They just have her in, in clothes that look like they're made for an 11 or 12 year old and like, or designed for for them. And it's just like, Oh man, like that, there's some some uh, cognitive yeah. dissonance here. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it doesn't quite work with the fact that people age. But I mean, yeah. I'd prefer that than like constantly recast kids and what. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like a, um, I don't know. It's like it's like the Game of Thrones kid actors who like Bran went from looking like literally a child to like a man <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. in one season like it was like a huge difference between seasons i was like dude he grew up and his voice changed and all this shit it's like uh well that's like, they ended up recasting one of the characters in hbo show rome when they did that because oh, the, kid, yeah. the kid had like changed so much but didn't really change the way they wanted they're like fuck it we'll do a time jump <laughs> yeah. like, we got this kid and like it's definitely it's that's difficult uh thing when you have a character that age who's like instrumental and you yeah. aren't able to shoot uh like you know continuously yeah. like, i think i think we might have mentioned it on the show but discussed how um his dark materials how they shot the second season already how they're doing yeah. the editing right now and trying yeah. to get it done in less than a year so that they can start uh doing season three if they get renewed mm-hmm. and like that's brilliant because yeah. they sure. want daphne keen to age out of the role and I forget the name of the other actor that's playing Will. Um, Will and Roger, right? No, Will. Um, the oh, the other kid. The other yeah, kid, because yeah. he uh, plays on Earth in the second in the second book. Yeah, I forget the name, of, but yeah, like they didn't want either of them to age out of their roles. Because <laughs> that the, stuff is the whole point. The whole point is that they're not supposed to quite hit puberty yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right, right before finishing. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, ugh. but yeah, it's smart of them though to do that. That was BBC's thing. I don't think that was an HBO thing. BBC's they're, they're very, very smart. Aired it. Yeah. They, they, well, and it's interesting you mentioned that too because, uh, uh, like uh, his Dark Materials, Rome was a co-production between mm-hmm. BBC and HBO, and also I think d- differently, it also had whatever the Television Italia, whatever whatever the BBC yeah. equivalent in Italy is also produced rome which makes sense but uh but i remember reading about it but like because it is a government thing because there are grants and it is like not entirely for profit even though it is also for profit yeah the way bbc works everything's just more frugal so like when they did rome like part of the thing was they're like 
we're going to put in extra money and we're going to ask for a little bit, little bit from Italy and from uh, f- from HBO to make permanent sets because we're not going to mm. stop doing shit that takes place in ancient Rome anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, so like there's stuff they used in Doctor Who later on. Like there's the first episode with Karen Gillan before she joined the cast, I think. I think that's, that's what it was. Uh, and before uh, uh, Capaldi became Doctor Who, became the Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, they were in an episode earlier uh, on, the, on the, the series playing different characters in ancient Rome that used that set <laughs> yeah, I, rem- that's I remember so crazy. like being familiar with with that episode because reading like oh they reused this set from the hbo show rome i'm like oh cool and then later on the two of those characters became super important to the show <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and just i and i became aware of their you know significance as actors yeah. but uh uh, no, I feel like that's really frugal and similarly like to the idea of like shooting back these two series or two seasons back to back. Like it's them, th- they're thinking about it in a way that Hollywood doesn't. Like I think Hollywood's mm-hmm. very cynical and pragmatic and the line like, oh, well, they'll recast a kid or, they, or we won't give a shit. The kid's yeah. clearly a year and a half older, even though it's supposed yeah. to be a week later. But they're, they are more pragmatic and practical and frugal and, and it's, I think it benefits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cuts. I don't. Whatever. Hollywood is weird. Hollywood's weird. It is, <laughs> and I feel like it's extra weird if you're a kid. Like, like for yeah. those those kids who are literal, literally tweens, like yeah. in the public eye. That's gotta be insane. I know. <laughs> you got uh, what's his face? Drake texting you all the time. <laughs> oh no, no. Okay. There, aren't there multiple kids? Yes, like, there's multiple kids. Why? Why, man? Like, and on some level, it. Rem- I remember because uh, because he was a child actor, right? He was on. I think so. Yeah, he, he was. I think he was on uh, DeGrassi. Played yeah, characters yeah. in a wheelchair. <laughs> but oh uh, God. but uh, I, I was just thinking, like, on some level, my thought process is like, oh, maybe he relates to them because he was a child celebrity, you know, a child actor. But then I think, oh, I remember the last time that somebody said it's really creepy. That, that an adult is hanging out with a kid actor, and if everyone said, oh, it's just because they they relate because they. Experience. It was Macaulay Culkin hanging out with yep. Michael J. Fox, who he says nothing went on with the two of them. But we also know, or not Michael J. Michael Jackson. We we know, you know, Michael Jackson had weird shit going on. And yeah, like, with again, other kids. It's just yeah. like, it's like maybe, maybe. Like, like I'm an I I was a nanny. I worked in early childhood. I I like children. I there's nothing wrong or weird with adults enjoying the company of children and and liking work with them. But like, you also aren't friends with little kids or tweens when you're an adult, like, like if you don't know them, if they're not in your family. If you don't know the parents too. Like, <laughs> yeah. If they're not in your family or yeah, if you're not, if you're not friends with their parents or related to them or their and or their parents, yeah, then why do you know weird. them? And like, and it's one thing if they're on a show together, like, 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 like am I going to think the kids on blackish are friends with Anthony Anderson? No, yeah. that makes yeah. perfect fucking sense. They're yeah. coworkers. But yeah. why does Drake even know Millie? Bobby Brown, they because they go to award shows. That's not an yeah. excuse. Like, yeah. why aren't why why is any friends with Sarah Silver? Age appropriate. <laughs> uh, like, 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 instead of like, if it's just from being in proximity because they're in Hollywood, there's a lot of other people they should all be hanging out with, and she should be hanging out with kids from the Disney Channel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh God, I we need to end on that note because now I'm grossed out. Um, <laughs> fair, fair enough. I don't like the detour that we're taking. Where can people find you? <laughs> people can find me at I Snow Nut. Being grossed out by, by oh, Drake. God. Unfortunately. There's been so I downloaded TikTok, which was probably a mistake. <laughs> Huge time suck, but there's been so many like jokes about Drake on TikTok lately. It's been really funny. Um, highly recommend, but don't download the app because you'll never do anything else with your life. <laughs> you'll just watch TikTok all day. Um, did I ask where you can find you? You did. I think I said I know nothing. Okay. Uh, where, where, uh, maybe. Where, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast at Project Tahiti. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We are on Apple Play. No, Apple Pod. God, I always get that wrong. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Podbean. And if you're a browser listener, you can go on buttwhythough.com. Oh my god but why though podcast.com in there thank you so much for listening i wish i could get through this outro 
You did the, you did the email perfect this time. I did. Like, I just like, fucked everything else up. Like it's usually that's the only thing you stumble on. Everything else is okay. This time, like you nailed that one. Oh god, that's okay. Every time I say where can people find you, I want to say where people can find me, which is not even sort of right. And I always like have to stop for a second. Stutter. Oh my god, words are hard. Speaking is hard. We do a podcast. You know, they are, and when we do two in a row. Yeah, it's it's at least <laughs> two and a half hours, if not more, sometimes. So I mean, come on, <laughs> give, give us a break. Uh, thank People you all. Giving us a hard time. I know. Thank you all for listening to this mess. Yes, uh, those, those of you let us know, we very much appreciate it. <laughs> I know. Catch you later. <laughs> Bye.